I'm Ayla Ellison, and you're listening to The Top Line, brought to you by Fierce Pharma and Fierce Biotech. Lakembi won an accelerated FDA approval in January based on its ability to reduce amyloid beta plaque, a marker of Alzheimer's disease that's believed to be associated with improved outcomes. In July, the FDA awarded a full approval to Lakembi, which was developed by partners ASI and Biogen. With full approval in hand, what's next? Fierce's Fraser Kansteiner set out to answer that question. He chatted with Alexander Scott, Senior Vice President of Integrity at ASI, to discuss the full approval of Lakembi and what it means for ASI and, most importantly, for Alzheimer's patients. Here they are. Hi, Alex. It's great to talk to you today. Lakembi's full approval at the FDA is now behind us, but it's still early days for this burgeoning Alzheimer's disease treatment. Thank you so much for joining us on the top line to talk more about the drug and what this full approval means for Azi, Lakembi, and Alzheimer's patients overall. Thank you, Fraser, for having me. I really look forward to this conversation. Lakembi's full approval this summer was a, a truly landmark moment. How does Lakembi advance the standard of care for Alzheimer's disease? And how many years has it been since we've had an advancement like this in Alzheimer's? Certainly, I think uh, Lakembi is a, a game changer. This is the first time with full traditional approval, we have a new therapeutic that actually impacts the course of the disease. Historically, and certainly as I work for Azi, we were the inventors and marketers of Aricept in the U.S., which had been the first significant Alzheimer's product, but that was a purely symptomatic treatment that helped deal with some of the cognitive symptoms for a short period of time, and then people regrettably resumed the normal course of the disease. What we're looking forward to with Lakembi and what we showed in our Clarity AD trial is that we were able to change the course of the disease. And at least for the duration of the trial, we showed that we impacted both cognitive and functional measures for 18 months. And even at the end of that, the difference between placebo and treatment arms are still increasing. So we're really encouraged that the approval of this new kind of modality is a very significant change for patients and for their caregivers and their families, and also as well for practitioners doctors who haven't been able to treat the disease in this way. It's really fascinating to look at the trajectory from Aricept to Lakembi. Aricept was approved in December 96 and launched in 97, and it's been a, a real long time. And you had a, a couple more similar products with Namenda, et cetera. But it, there's been, I think this market has been waiting for an awfully long time, and patients have been waiting for a long time for there to be technological advances. I know a really big part of this decision had to do with the potential impact on Medicare coverage. So can you just talk about what sort of effects the full approval has had on coverage of the drug so far and how quickly did those changes take effect after the full approval came in? CMS instituted the national coverage decision back after the accelerated approval of Adahel. And since then, we'd been working really intensively with CMS to help educate them on the Lakembi clinical program, and then ultimately the clinical results as soon as those were available, and then worked with them all the way through up till traditional approval. They decided in that original NCD that they would cover these drugs under CED, coverage with evidence development. They put into place a, on the day of approval, 
traditional approval, they put into place a coverage policy which immediately granted coverage to all Medicare and Medicare Advantage patients. And they did that through creating their own very light touch registry, which allows them to gather information and data around the utilization of the product and et cetera, in a very simple, straightforward manner. So we were pleased that CMS acknowledged the need to not have this be an access barrier and but certainly respect their authority and their need to create coverage policies are appropriate for them. So we never challenged them during this process. We really tried to be as supportive as we could every step of the way. I want to turn now to launch efforts so far and how that's changed. So you said in the past that ASI isn't rushing with its roll-up but being more slow and careful. With a full approval in hand, what's next for the drug's launch and, and how is ASI working to promote Lakembi and get the medication to more patients? This is a complex disease state from the identification of potential disease to the actual diagnosis and the confirmation associated with that diagnosis. And then obviously the treatment and the monitoring of treatment is a complex set of steps that it's not like we're introducing a drug into a already existing method of treating. So we're really having to work with practitioners, whether it's an IDN, whether it's a a small uh, neurology community practice, et cetera, as to how they put all these pieces together in a way that allows them to do their job in supporting patients, but also ensures that they get compensated appropriately for every step of the way. So we're still waiting on the CMS to finally reconsider the NCD for PET confirmation of amyloid. And once that is done, and I believe that will be done by October 16th, which would be 90 days after they opened up their reconsideration, that will then make one of the major steps in the patient journey much simpler because it will take out this sort of uncertainty as to if I have a patient go through a PET scan, will it be compensated for, et cetera. And obviously, the two modalities right now for confirming amyloid, which is based on our label, you're supposed to confirm amyloid before treatment, is either that or CSF, cerebral spinal fluid, through a spinal tap. You know, most people at this age and in these conditions would prefer a PET scan uh, to a spinal tap. We're beginning to see elements like this getting dealt with to make the sort of the patient journey and the provider journey more straightforward and predictable at every step of the way. And so our efforts are on supporting providers as much as possible through educating them on the product. We also have a team of reimbursement managers who can help them understand the various elements associated with getting reimbursement. We were really encouraged that CMS on the day of approval actually also gave us a J code which normally J codes are a three to six month waiting period and people have to use temporary J codes. And I think doctors, again, like the idea of certainty and their offices want to deal with certainty and not with, oh, are we going to get reimbursed or not, et cetera. And I think CMS was sending a strong message that they now support this modality of treatment and they want to support Alzheimer's patients, which we think is really fantastic news. 
On a more existential level, what's the level of awareness about Lakembi now that it's been approved by the FDA? Do you feel like you consciously need to create more awareness? I think there's a continuous need to create awareness, certainly for those who have been watching the space, who have eligible patients that they're helping to manage through the course of the disease. They are aware of Lakembi. We think over time, we need to increase that significantly. Again, it's not, I'd say it's not yet woven into the fabric of treatment for patients yet. And that's what we need to do. We need to help weave it in so it becomes something that everyone is aware of. I think people are aware in general of advances in Alzheimer's care and that therapeutics are coming forward, but we still have a, a lot of work cut out for us to ensure that we're communicating broadly about Lakembi in general and about advances in Alzheimer's, but then communicating deeply and specifically and appropriately to the various folks that are involved in caring for patients with Alzheimer's. Two different approaches to doing that. I want to talk a bit about Lakembi's label and just how does the label from the full approval differ from the accelerated nod and which sorts of patients are eligible for treatment with this? The label is quite similar. The, I would say the most significant change was taking the warnings regarding ARIA from the body of the label and then the warning section and putting a, a box warning up at the top around ARIA. But if you look at the language of that box warning, it's very class oriented. So we would expect that other labels, should they come to market in this class, would also share a very similar Warning. What we know from our clinical trial and what's been said about other clinical trials, Lakembi has half the ARIA rates of the other products. There, there's that piece. Secondly, we have we studied in Clarity AD, our phase three trial, we studied the full and complete population of mild cognitive impairment due to AD and early AD. So those two, we studied everyone in those in that cat in those categories. Not all programs have done that. They've been more restricted in how they enroll patients. So we we feel like we've got strong clinical data in all of those patients covered by that early AD and MCI label nation. And secondly, we also studied the drug in patients who had multiple concomitant medications. Etc. So we again have a rich data set for concomitant use with other commonly utilized medications in, in, in those uh, the elderly population. You alluded to the box warning. I just want to ask: when it comes to aria or amyloid-related imaging abnormalities, what does this say about the kind of conversations that the patients and caregivers will need to have with their doctors before initiating treatment with Lakembi? Every drug has a benefit and risk profile that needs to be understood, and the doctor needs to be able to explain it in a way that is understandable by the caregiver and the patient so they can make a joint decision as to is treatment the right thing for them in their particular circumstance. We think that the box warning helps highlight an important element to that discussion between the doctor and patient and caregiver. And so we're very supportive of that. We think this is a, it, it's, that's what good medicine is. And it's a decision by a doctor and their patient. And we want to make sure that we're able to provide all relevant information so that the experience is, has the best chance of working for the patient and for the doctor. 
And I know that ASI has been specifically pioneering some ARIA educational campaigns and approaches such as the Understanding ARIA website. Can you talk about that website specifically and, and your general approach to education on the side effect? Education of this is vital. ARIA is something that exists irrespective of treatment. There is a baseline rate, especially for things like ARIA-H and superficial sclerosis. But we felt that given that neurologists may be prescribing the drug, but infusion centers may be actually conducting the infusions for the product, that we wanted to make sure that there was one place that helped to put all the information that someone might need in a simple, easy-to-find place. And we designed the Understanding ARIA program to include specific trainings that people could do on reading MRIs and understanding what are in those MRIs to determine whether or not there is a ARIA issue or not. I think there's going to be, as treatment occurs, doctors have to help manage their patients and they want to have the confidence that when a patient calls up and says, oh, I'm having a headache, that they are able to help navigate that patient as to whether or not they should be inspected further to see whether or not it is an ARIA-related headache or if it's just a, a headache from a different etiology. And so we're very pleased with the utilization of understandingaria.com. And we're also now putting together an understandingalzheimer'sdisease.com and think it's going to be a good platform for us to create as much educational content as possible. Again, this is a treatment modality that doesn't exist. It's just starting and we need to try and get as much information available to people in ways that they can digest it and the way they can, uh, they can comprehend and understand it so that they can then begin treating their patients. I just wanted to sort of be a little forward-looking. Another exciting prospect for AZIM patients is subcutaneous lecambi, which you recently presented positive data on at the Alzheimer's Association International mm -hmm. Conference. What benefits would this offer, and how soon might we see this delivery format yeah. in the real world? We've stated that we expect to file for the subcutaneous utilization by the end of March 2024. So we would submit the filing at that time. And certainly this is a, a great potential benefit for patients that don't live close to an infusion center. And this would be rather than under Lakembi labeling, you have to uh, go in for an infusion every two weeks. Having a sub-Q would change that significantly for patients. So we think that's a real benefit to providers and to, to patients that they have a freedom to choose between getting an infusion versus doing the sub-Q. And we're also exploring Lakembi and alternate dosing patterns so that after you complete your 18 months, might there need to be less frequent utilization of Lakembi over time, where Lakembi works not just on clearing the plaques, but also on the uh, earlier part to the amyloid cascade, specifically on um, clearing out the protofibrils, which are the believed to be the most uh, toxic form of uh, protein in the brain that's causing neuronal damage and death. And so we believe strongly that continued treatment is vital, um, but hopefully we can deliver that continued treatment in ways that are more convenient uh, for patients. Um, the other thing that we're doing in studying Lakembi is it's part of what's called the AHEAD 345 study, which is a study in preclinical Alzheimer's disease. So these are people who have the uh, biological markers of 
Alzheimer's disease, but don't yet have cognitive deficit. We believe that going earlier and earlier is probably the best thing for patients and hopefully will have very substantial impacts on the course of the disease over time and hopefully give patients a life less impacted from AD than it currently is. That's it for The Top Line. I'm Ayla Ellison. You can find out more about this topic in our show notes at fiercepharma.com. Look for podcasts. And that's The Bottom Line from The Top Line.